episode 538 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's most assuredly getting cold this year. In this episode, we talk about North Drinkware in DDC, Diana Wynn-Jones, and Living With Yourself. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So take it easy on those spiked eggnogs at the company Christmas party, because it's time for another episode. every episode by going around the table which is where we talk about things that are new fun and noteworthy about our weeks lauren we haven't seen you in a week or two so uh, why don't you catch us up i think only one week uh because i've been very sick i am still a little sick so i'll do my best to mute when i'm coughing and stuff um but last monday i literally couldn't get out of bed and was just asleep during the show so this is a giant improvement we are doing much better yeah you're um, upright yeah. I'm also like just ready to like hang out and talk to people because I've been like very like isolated, trying not to get anyone else sick. So it's very good to see all of you. Um, I feel kind of lame because I don't have a ton of new stuff to talk about. I've been either like sleeping or packing. And so it's like hard to watch um, something new and stuff. And then um, like kind of in the background, I've been catching up on um, Fantasy High season two which uh, the trailer for season three just came out. So I only have a couple weeks to catch up on that. And that is easier to just like kind of listen to because it's a lot more talking. They don't have the battle maps and stuff like they usually yeah. do in Dimension 20. So um, it, that has been nice while I'm packing and stuff to just kind of have in the background. It's great. And I'm very excited for season three. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Season two, season two is a wild ride. Sorry. It's so crazy already. Andrew and I were talking about it before you came on, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I don't watch it, but I don't yes. know how you didn't come out of the gate talking about Jonathan Majors. This is it's it's well, so yeah, we weird do. to me that that we're not already in that right now. Oh yeah, well let's talk about it because that just happened. Andrew doesn't even know yet. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know. So yeah. that was a big uh, thing today. It was it posted in Slack because like I heard about it like midway through this afternoon. So like I haven't like known much about this yet. And feel free to chime in with more facts, but um. As of today, or like, sorry, I think, yeah, today he was found guilty in the abuse case that he was in. I feel like I'm going to get some of these details wrong, so you guys have to be. Uh, it's know. totally fine. It was like, I think half of the charges he was found yeah, guilty and it's, of. Yeah. I've, I feel like this has been a confusing case if you're following it, because like he was charged by some people. Those were dismissed or dropped by the people. But then this was a... A, like criminal case by the state. So it was different. And um, it was, I felt like it was like kept very like quiet for a lot of point. Like you knew this was going on, but like you weren't hearing a lot about it for a long time. And so like now the decisions come out and he's been found guilty. It's pretty serious because he's been dropped by his agent, dropped by Marvel. Um, I, I heard stuff where like he was in a movie. I can't remember the name of it. It's something magazine, but like he was in this movie that was getting all this like Oscar buzz for next year. That has been completely scrapped. Like, wow, it, it's pretty extreme to the degree that he's just being like, we are not talking about Jonathan Majors anymore. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that that he was actually, oops, I didn't know that he was actually, not not only that charges had been formally kind of introduced, but that he was actually going through a court process. I had no yeah. idea that that was what was going on. Yeah. It's, it, it'll be very interesting, I guess, to see what Marvel's going to do now. Like they've kind of established that variants don't have to look like 
the person, like the original variant, because like Sylvie is Loki. So they don't have to stick with Jonathan Majors playing Kang forever in like in canon. Or I mean, you can also just replace actors. That's fine. Um, well, but, I yeah. think the obvious next step is that he joins DC and becomes their leading man. Yeah, because they um, would, they they'll re- they'll release whatever movies. Uh, they yeah, they don't to. care. They're not worried. Yeah. So he's gonna he needs to move to Hawaii, just punch people in the face in bars, mm-hmm. and he can continue to uh, star in movies for them. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, so he is found guilty. He hasn't been sentenced yet. He won't be sentenced yeah, until so- February, I believe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll find out if he's going to spend any time in jail or how long he's going to be be in jail and all that type of stuff. But in any case. Within an hour, I think, of seeing the first reports about him being found guilty, then Disney, you know, Marvel dropped their press release and all that type of stuff. So what they're going to do with the next phase, I think some people probably hope that they'll just drop Kang altogether. Like they'll just drop all these threads and let Loki season two kind of serve as the end of that. That would be fantastic. And it's it's possible. It could like there's there's a natural break that could happen there. I do wonder how much is already in the can, though, for, like, future movies, since this is something that they've, like, projected to be, like, the next bad guy. And, like, we knew, like, Thanos was coming and, like, kind of little steps beforehand. So, like, obviously they have time to edit movies. They do this with every single one of them, and they're slowing down their production slate. So there's a lot of options, I think, on the table of what they can do. But I will be very curious what they decide to do from this point forward, because they officially said, like, no, he's done. Kang but- Dynasty, I mean... I feel like he was probably going to be in that one. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, I, I guess we will. It, it's most likely that they're going to just change the, it's just going to be a different variant. Like that's really what it's going to end up having to be. Right. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I would say most likely mm-hmm. other than the fact that it, it's hard to know, like how, how fast the train is moving and what can be yeah, like that's, stopped. It, it, mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not like this is the first major misstep or the first like kind of blip for Marvel. I mean, this is seemingly been a series of losing momentum and and they just got, I think, their lowest scoring film or, or two of their bottom three in the past year. And their the Guardians 3 was good. The numbers from the box office are going down. And, um, I you know, I think everybody feels the the momentum shift. Uh, obviously like it's you know no i think they're making the right decision by doing this just to be clear of course, it's just, this of is course. just like a this is the pop culture side of it where it's like okay what's going to happen to this insane major franchise yeah, yeah. that he was smack in the middle of no no but but there's another piece of it that's like maybe this is the moment to make a much larger change because maybe like the, the, maybe the franchise needs it like so maybe this is use this as a catalyst maybe this could be a catalyst for that but again yeah. it's just it's hard to know like you did note lauren like they have slowed down their production slate but i i don't know what's actively filming yeah, right it's, now. It's, i don't it, know what they, they keep so much like behind the veil that it's hard to tell like yeah. what is already decided and like permanent decision type of thing or like what's still flexible or like I mean, they always make it seem like these are like so well planned out, but I feel like that hasn't really panned out since Infinity War. So it'll, and in it's, fairness, it'll be like, interesting. Kang is a very easy person to recast. I mean, there's yeah. absolutely nothing that says that Kang needs to look like Jonathan Majors. I know that I really enjoyed Jonathan Majors. I was not excited about Kang. Yeah, I thought he was. A, he's a talented actor, but clearly a terrible right. person. And this is like says yeah. you. <laughs> I mean, he was found guilty. I think that I'm not the only also one. Says that, that court as well. I think it's now official. Uh, the, count, the county record. Um, 
Yeah, no, that, well, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, we'll see. Oh, I guess time will tell. I did like him as an actor, um, but yeah, it, I mean, I, I thought Kevin Spacey used to be cool too. So you know, it's unfortunate how these things happen. <laughs> you said Kevin Spacey. My my brain heard Kevin Smith, and then I thought, what the heck happened with Kevin Smith? No, Kevin Smith is one of the good ones. He's okay, okay. <laughs> at least as far as I know. Geez, <laughs> um, it it is crazy, and and I don't know how I feel about myself with this, but I, I will I will make this this statement. I can be totally on board with a person. And the second that this thing like happens, it is very easy for me to just flip that switch. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it is, it is true. So like I can love what he's doing and I could love all these things. And then the second this happens, I'm like, okay, replace it, replace him. Yeah. It's like Like, bad. (laughs) It's just, it's just easy for me to flip the switch. Is that because we have so many other options that it's like, yeah, uh, or or is it just because we're good people or is that does that make us bad people i don't know like it is true though i think it's good i think it's important to note at least from my perspective it's important to note that i absolutely believe that everyone is capable of doing good things and bad things and people that do bad things can go on to do good things like it's not like a it's not an either or and any decisions made today are not permanent reflections of the person you are at your core. So like, does, does Jonathan majors have the ability to be a different person? Of course, could Jonathan majors end up being, end up being an awesome person in the future? Of course. And with that, I also believe that there has to be some form of, there needs to be a cooling period, a, a, a time where well, he has to actually have time to change and become a better person. After you do yeah. something bad, you can't just like the next day be like, I'm better. I swear. Like that's because just not otherwise, how it works. You're just creating environments where, all types of predators and bad people, whatever can thrive and continue to harm other people, which is how you end up in the, the whole me too movement that you ended up Mm -hmm. in. But absolutely. I think you should flip the switch on him. Let him go off and do that. And there needs to be consequences for doing what he did. You know, this is, this is we're we're on the same rails here, but the conversation is very different. So just bear with me. I heard Rob, a clip of Rob Schneider, He's out doing stand-up now. I don't know if you know this, but Rob Schneider's out doing stand-up. I heard a clip from Rob Schneider where he's talking about Bill Cosby being out of prison now. And he's back out and he's and whatever. Is that true? Is Bill Cosby out of prison? I'm gonna Google it right now. <laughs> because because there's a part of me that goes, okay, if he's out of prison, has he served his time? Has has, has whatever happened or whatever? Um, but that has called just even the idea that he might be out of prison has called into my mind, okay, at what point do I feel like there is, that that there's enough of a either um, recompense that's been, that's been paid or a, a repentance of a thing or um, whatever, rehabilitation, that I would allow myself to, entertain the idea of being entertained by somebody like this again yeah because this is kind of the first person if it's true if he's back out um this Rob one Schneider. is this is an interesting thing i'm gonna have to like research this more but the like kind of quick hit off google is that like yes he has been recently released from prison because uh the court overturned the decision in his case okay 
So even muddier than the yeah, water. Yeah, I was like, so like, I don't. Uh, it's it's it such a crazy. Bad. I don't have an answer for this. I'm not saying I that it, it's one way or another. But the question has been posed in my mind these last few weeks. Once since I heard that, I thought, how do where do I land on some of these people and and where where they fall in my zeitgeist, my personal zeitgeist. I will say comedy is a. A bit of a different beast, in my opinion, because so much comedy relies on relatability. So it's one thing if you're watching an actor play something that's completely distinct and different from the person you are. But in the case of a comedian, so much of it hinges on you being able to see those elements of it inside of yourself. And so with someone like Cosby, I don't know that I ever could find his stand-up funny because what am I going to relate to knowing these things that he did? So that's where I think comedy is maybe slightly a different beast than acting, but I think that, I mean, I'm the same way. There are some things that are just feel like mentally, emotionally too big of a block for me to ever see them as their character and not like a collection of headlines. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's yeah, because I get what you're saying. Like a comedian is selling themselves more than a character. Like, like I would say, like Jonathan yeah. Majors plays character unless you're character top. really play himself. Unless you're character top, then it's all it's all character. Yeah, it's, it, it's interesting. We'll see what happens with. Uh, there's been some some pretty some pretty interesting um, conversation happening in the chat. If you're yeah, if you're not tuning into this on Twitch, you're you're missing out on some of this stuff. Um, some really great points, too much to kind of dive into, but um, it's a yeah. really interesting story and we'll see how it continues to unfold. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I hope that it, that this is a pivotal moment for Marvel to kind of to, to change gears a little bit. Um, I, yeah. That's my personal feeling on it. Yeah, so. even if Jonathan Majors, let's say this situation never even happened with Jonathan Majors. Marvel still, is still at yeah. a point where they need to change gears in some way. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. they, needed, they needed to pivot. So. Time to pivot, yeah. Okay. Cool. I've got um, one more thing that I'd like to talk about before yeah. I, I give up the baton. Um, and I'll be quick, though. Uh, I saw Boy and the Heron right before I got sick last week. I might have gotten sick in the theater, to be honest. Um, but uh, I, I wanted to talk about it a little bit since I brought it up as the major... Did you uh, throw up in the theater? Category. Yeah. No, no, no. I, like, I felt myself getting sick during oh, the movie. Okay. all I meant. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, like, I'm like, oh, I'm starting to feel sick stuffy. in the theater? Uh-oh. That's a... <laughs> I feel like, no, no, no. Okay. Sorry. Bad phrasing on my part. But anyway, um, so yeah, I I think it was, uh, I don't think I like this movie as much as I'm seeing like positive reviews and, and positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. I, I liked it. And I do think like even like not the best Ghibli movie is still a pretty good movie. Um, the, it's just like a high bar. I think it was like, I was very into it. My brother told me he was like bored watching it. I didn't really feel that way. Um, but it is a long movie. It's, it's a weird, I think balance of like, it feels like a kid's movie in the way that it's like such a fairy tale, but the themes are very adult and like the tone is a little creepy and scary, kind of like never ending story. I think where it's like, this will definitely scare some children and some are going to be fine with it. Like I, I like that kind of stuff when I was a kid. So I think like for me, I would have been into it, but I don't, I don't think this will be as easy to watch as like, 
um, you know, spirited away or something like that in the future. Um, I, I think there's some really interesting facts like around the movie that made me like appreciate it more. Like the fact have, um, took seven years to complete this movie partially because it's so long and hand animated, but, um, also because like, there's a lot of um, layers with like how this story interacts with Miyazaki's life himself. And so like, as uh, like his last um, or his last, we'll see, um, you know, movie before he retires, I do find a lot of like meaning in the story that he was telling and like how his own life layers in with this. I think it's like that part is really beautiful. I don't know. That wasn't obvious though, watching the movie. I had to kind of read about it afterwards to appreciate that better. Um, but I, I liked a lot of this movie. I think it's really cool. Um, it, it, I think it's probably already out of theaters because things are just like happening so fast right now with all the Oscar movies coming out. And it's just like, a lot of good movies right now. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance to see it, it'll be on streaming. I think pretty soon boy and the heron is definitely worth watching. It's a really cool movie. Um, it's kind of a weird, interesting fairy tale and I really liked it. Now is the boy, he lives inside of the heron. No, there is like a little, like, so you've seen, like if you've seen the trailer, there's like teeth inside of the heron's mouth. There is like, it's not a real heron. It's like a creature that is wearing a heron suit. Is it the and, boy and the heron? Yes. Oh. There are two characters. <laughs> the second that he, the second that you said that, Patrick, I was like, I know what he's doing. And Lauren didn't <laughs> catch it. And so he's either going to just I let it, it go. Wrong? It just the I way just you were saying, you were saying the, bo- the boy and the heron. It, you're I, like the N, like the N with a hyphen. Stop making of fun of me. I'm sick, Patrick. I know. <laughs> so, rather, so I was trying to figure out if Patrick was just going to let it go, but then he decided to just go full no on, just like, no oh. Well, it is like a really weird part of the movie that is like being revealed in these later trailers that I was like, oh, they're just not, they're, they're just going with the weirdness. I love it. Cause that can is, I, it's bizarre, but I love it. Can I take a guess, Patrick, that you've not seen any, any of, of it, trailers? but that's fine. No, I, I, is it animated? That's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> oh, I, I did see something about Miyazaki. Miyazaki, right? Mm-hmm. He said something and I just totally blanked just now. Um, Interesting. <laughs> like he said something about this being the culmination of all of his work. And like in his mind, this is this is the best piece he's ever put out. I, I just like I like some of his other movies better if that's how he feels. That's like amazing. I didn't get everything out of it that I've gotten out of some of the other movies of his that I've seen. If you are if you know uh, Miyazaki, like if you have his address or, or if you can uh, <laughs> call him or something, just let him know call Lauren. Me. Lauren <laughs> yeah. is disappointed with the culmination of his life's work. So No, I don't mean it like that. It's just if it's my opinion. <laughs> and then it just just know to Miyazaki if you're listening and I assume you are. Yeah. She's under the weather right now, so just give her a break. Yeah, she's sick. Leave her alone. <laughs> she's still recovering. Come on, Miyazaki. And I don't think of you as Miyazaki. I think of you as our Our Zaki. So bad. So bad, and will probably be the name of this episode. <sighs> our <laughs> Zaki. <laughs> okay, Lauren, who are you tossing it to? Um, Patrick, go for it. Okay, real quick. The Figma Adobe acquisition mm-hmm. is officially dead. I'm trying to remember if we talked about this on the show, but the, the idea was, is that uh, Adobe was going to acquire Fig- Figma for $20 billion or some crazy amount. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when acquisitions happen, so acquisitions are announced and then 30? after they're announced, if they exceed 
uh, a certain amount of money, then they do have to go through regulatory scrutiny. And that because of things like monopolies. Yeah. Making sure that it's not going to create that type of situation. And so, and this has to go through scrutiny both in the U S but also has to go through scrutiny in the, in the UK and other places. Well, this had been held up. um, And so this has been good. You know, the announcement happened, uh, you know, six months ago or however long ago it was, but it's been going back and forth through, through this for a while. And where it had landed was Adobe was basically told, like, if if you want to acquire Figma, you can, but you have to divest yourself of and you have to sell off the actual Figma product. So you can you can acquire the company if you want to, but as part of, like, not creating this uh, uh, monopoly of ownership that stymies competition and, and uh, hurts end users and causes prices to go up and all that type of stuff... You have to like, you can't keep all the engineers and you can't keep the core product. Like you have to sell that off to keep the space healthy. And ultimately that became at the end of it and Adobe and has walked away from it. Now, as part of walking away from it, they have to turn around and pay Figma a billion dollars. So Figma (laughs) still gets to put some money in their pocket, but ultimately they don't get acquired by Adobe. money. They're putting a billion a little, dollars uh, in their It's just p- one billion. To, it's to not do, that much. To do nothing. <laughs> and, and the design community was not very happy with them. So they get to make the design community happy and walk away with one billion dollars. So what I am interested in, well, I, and I understand that, but if you imagine yourself as being an early, like let's say you're an engineer early on in Figma, you took all those stock options as part of your payment for getting on you were you were about to be really excited because you were going to take your couple of million dollars and go like hang out in the woods for a few years and do nothing and now that's not going to happen so maybe figma gets a billion dollars but you're not cashing out all your stock like you thought you were so i there are people that absolutely are not getting money from this deal that would have been getting money from this deal the other thing is um at the point that this agreement happens and and I, this, I do not know how closely that, how quickly this would have melded. But for all I know, you've had engineers from Adobe in Figma's code base for the last six months. Like, I don't know how closely they've been working sure. together while they're yeah. still like trying to get this deal pushed through. But who knows how far along those things were? Who knows how much that affects? How, how, how many kind of secrets have been shared with each other at this yeah. point? And so I don't know what the effect is. Like, okay, great, a billion dollars, but I, I promise you there's still a lot of really disappointed Figma employees sure. today. Now, from well, the then now ins- is the time to sell that company to someone else for $20 billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it could be a good thing for uh, Adobe in one hand, because the market has changed a lot. Maybe Adobe's glad they only gave up a billion dollars sure. in this whole thing. So it, it could yeah. have, they might be seeing this as a big positive in some ways. I know it still upsets plans, there's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Now, from an end-user perspective, I think it's a win for the end-user because I think Adobe has a lot of predatory billing practices, and I would hate to see them uh, do that to Figma, and I would also hate to see them bully around other products that are there. Um, so, uh, And I also think that I, I, what I'm about to say is very cliche, and it's probably very, very wrong, and I apologize for this. My standard position is that Adobe's influence will further bastardize a good thing. 
And that's to even say that I think Figma's a good thing, and I have problems with that, but we can talk about that in another episode. But I think it's a positive for the Figma community, frankly, to not have their involvement. I think there are probably a lot of very happy people uh, from that standpoint. But um, for all the people that jumped in early and have held on and have been hoping for a payday, I kind of feel bad for you. So all you engineers and designers that have been sitting there waiting to cash in those options... I guess you got to wait a bit longer. So anyway, yeah, but we all know that engineers and designers get paid the most money anyway. So it's just kind of like the engineers do. Sorry, designers. Rich get, getting um, richer. Okay. But anyway, uh, that, that <laughs> is the, the big news on this. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Your podcast room looks garbage right now. It, <laughs> looks, it looks like a pile of mate, like very organized trash. Mm-hmm. But I think that maybe you should explain the mayhem and explain the method that you're about to bring to the mayhem. So last week, if you tuned in, I was uh, podcasting from what was essentially a big empty room. This week, you don't hear any echoes because I'm in a box uh, <laughs> fort. <laughs> so yeah. they're just, just moving boxes completely surrounding probably, I don't know, 100 and 120 140 degrees of me um i'm in like a an amphitheater of of moving boxes that are that go taller than me they're up there um i did manage to find this this over here this globe (laughs) this light globe for uh my phillips hue but uh that was just because it happened to be on top uh and so i was able to plug that in my desk and everything is set up it's all my normal equipment but it is so janky how everything's just dangling and things are in like the how i look right now is insane because it looks like i'm put together I am. Yeah, I was like, it actually looks okay. Like (laughs) you see all the boxes, obviously, but it's it's like pretty neat. I wish that there was like a third party perspective so you could see how ridiculous (laughs) I look right now. But I am moved into my new. Just out of frame is where the chaos begins. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The uh, I'm I'm moved into my new apartment, or and by moved in, I mean all of my stuff is over here now. I'm still moving (laughs) in. Um, It was man, it was just a pain in the butt going from a second floor down to the first floor and then back up to a second floor. Uh, I did the math between the two days of the move. I walked, um, I, I walked one and a half empire state buildings. Oh no. <laughs> one and a half. So excited to get to do the same thing so soon. A <laughs> hundred and I think I did 126 flights of stairs, um, over the two days of moving and the empire state building is just over 80, uh, 80 flights of stairs. So, um, so yeah, my thighs and my quads and my, my butt and just everything is just sore today to move. It's just crazy. Um, but this new space is bigger and it will allow me, um, to, to do, uh, more stuff. And as, as my family grows, then it will, it will, uh, be better than just a one bedroom apartment that I've been living in for the last three years. So, uh, new chapters, new starts, uh, good, good stuff. Um, speaking of new chapters and new starts, uh, Lauren, you messaged me the other day because uh, last year, maybe it was two years ago. You, um, this is a long time ago. Maybe it was even three years ago. I think you gave it to me when I was in the old studio at the house. Uh, yeah, it was you a let really me borrow your um, your <laughs> McNugget people. Yes. Well, I went to and I found them, and I have to give them to you because they're like they're in a box right here. Yeah, no, um, right behind my head. And, um, and you had asked me about it and I had found them right before you had asked me, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I have them. They're readily available. 
We went to McDonald's after we moved. We didn't want to cook. This is yeah. Cooper and I went. Think of this. Yeah. And look at this. I'm adding this. Ah! Uh, I'm adding this oh! new little nugget person to your bag. Oh my um, gosh! Yes, I haven't gotten a just, chance to go get any of the new ones, and that was the one I liked the most. <laughs> perfect. Well, this will be in your bag. I'm uh, so excited. A new, a new addition to your to your nugget people. So uh, thanks for giving them to me, having them on loan for the last three years probably no and thank you i also got this in the mail i ordered it a long time ago i actually backed it on kickstarter i think i may have talked about it on the show i'm not sure but our friend aaron james draplin over at ddc um yeah. paired up with uh what is this the name of it um sir uh severed burke burks severed books uh jay sit Certis? I don't know how this guy's name is pronounced, but he paired up with him to put together a game. And uh, I have this Ooh. game. It just came in the mail. T- uh, DDC brand Tumbling Dice. And it's a mm. it's a game with uh, its own rules. And there's all these things that you have to yell out. Kenny! And oh, come like, on, so it's kind of like Yahtzee. <laughs> it's kind of like Yahtzee, but like it has specific rules. Respectable <coughs> role is what one of the things is classified. Trip sixes. Um, <laughs> so this is... These are the dice that come in this little pouch, this little black and orange pouch that says um, item number DDC 306, DDC brand tumbling dice. And then these are the dice. They are uh, these orange and white dice, as you could imagine, what you would expect from DDC. The number one has been replaced with the DDC logo. Sure. And uh, same is true. There's There's three white dice and three orange dice. These are the dice. They're they're nice quality Very brand nice. dice. But on top of that, if you backed it on Kickstarter, you could also get what I think it's called the procrastination die. I think that's what they call it. But it's this it, like really big like jumbo dice, and it has different things. You roll when you're working, and so these are some of the um, I, some of the things it says on it. One of them, them says, out loud. "Yeah, keep sketching and iterating. Call a friend to lament. Wait until the night before. Watch some TV and chill out." hammer down and finish it or delete files, ignore emails. I want that. So I want that dice. It's a, it's, a die that you can roll. it's a really nice color of like this. Um, I don't know. It's like an aqua teal color. It's a really, really pretty looking dice. Uh, really well, really well engineered. So these are in hand. now. I I'm excited like to play this game um, and should be pretty fun. It did also come with these stickers, uh, the DDC brand sticker, and then the, roll with ddc and oh, then i lost my ass throwing dice <laughs> <laughs> um so very very much a uh a, a grappling kind of thing um yeah very very much that and then uh finally um the if you see on the screen i'm gonna share this you see this on the Cute. screen this is a thing that we did. Uh, I had my staff Christmas party and um, and I did this thing that we created. And I, I think we made this up. I definitely came up with the name on my own. It just kind of popped in my head, but we called it Progressive Picasso. So what you're looking <laughs> at here is the drawing I did of a scene. And then we, over the course of the night, each table had four people at it and each each. Um, we divided it into four rounds. So each person had to draw a different piece of this portrait. Now, here's the deal. They didn't see this portrait. They didn't see the scene that you see in front of you. There was just a series of words and descriptions. One person had to draw a snowman, who an angry snowman with no nose. 
wearing a hat, but it wasn't a top hat. And then someone else had to draw a uh, a um, a Christmas tree with popcorn, and instead of a star, it had another directional item on it. And then oh. one person had to so like all these different That's things cool. we described yeah. to them. And then as they went, um, as the evening went on, they continued to add to it. But each person could only draw one time, and they didn't know what was coming next. So. They, we ha- they had to decide who was going to draw and then whether they're good at drawing snowmen or a, pe- a penguin, if you've already drawn, you've already drawn. So anyway, it oh, ended up being fun. a lot of fun. I would recommend this to anybody who's having any holiday parties or any just You happen company. to have pictures of what everyone made because that would be really fun to see. I do. I will I will take pictures of them tomorrow at the office and I'll, I'll put them in Slack. Yeah, because um, people actually got 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 pretty close, and it was and it was pretty fun. Some some people were wildly off. There's one that's one of the the final prompt was a penguin with a carrot. Some people's carrots looked less carroty and let's just say more phallic in nature. Um, and, <laughs> it's one of those things that, like, yeah, I could easily see where you're like trying to draw the like lumps on the carrot, and it doesn't yeah. look like that all of a sudden. <laughs> and, and if, you're, if you're just listening to this, the, the image that I showed was inside of this uh, illustrated frame, and there was a blank spot. And then at the end, we had all of these different categories by which this these were voted on, and we voted on them as as the people who were who were hosting it. And one of the things is this blank spot where you could title your piece. And so the best title <laughs> one, the most accurate one, the most creative one, the best carrot one, um, different different points and things. So anyway, I don't know if this game exists outside of what we came up with for our party. I know that the name uh, Progressive Picasso was one that I came up with after we kind of developed it. I would uh, recommend doing this. It's a very fun, easily uh, accessible game. You have a lot of fun with people um, and, it, and zero skills required um, for people to participate in yeah. this. And the people who I know who it are listening so to this and watching this would do a, a great job hosting um, something like this. So anyway, take that, run with it. Super, super fun. It does sound really fun. I feel like you could make a board game out of that. Uh, yeah, you could. Yeah, and you yeah. have your own prompts, or you have your you have images like you have already. Like drawn cards to, with the description, and like you have to do like pass them out. That's like, not or, yeah, a bad be, idea. Mm-hmm. Little pin coming in soon that. to Kickstarter. <laughs> Little pin in that idea. Okay, uh, I think that's going to be it for our around the table. Up next, let's talk about some master categories. Every week we roll our dice to figure out what we're talking about the next week. Those are our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. I'm going to go first. Uh, I got TV um, and I want to talk about this really quick. I don't have a ton to say about it other than I think people should watch this. And so uh, this isn't new. I think it came out like two years ago, three years ago on Netflix And it is a Paul Rudd joint called Living With Yourself. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah. So Okay, yeah, I remember this show. uh, It it shows starts very similarly to how like um, Dan in real life starts. If you're familiar with that, where like Dan is Steve Carell in that film is depressed and he is just trying to like go through life and and, um, not, not in a great great frame of mind. His marriage isn't doing great. Um, His relationships aren't doing great. Work is just bad, right? So Paul Rudd is this character, and uh, I'm blanking on what his name is. His name is Miles, I think. Sorry, Um, it's a long time. (laughs) Yeah, Miles Elliott is, is the character's name. 
And so he goes and he has this procedure done that's to, to make him happy. The whole thing is to, to make him a happier person. Um, and then in a, kind of a severancey kind of twist, you find all this out in the first episode, so I'm not really yeah, giving is, much away. Yeah. In, in this kind of severancey twist, he has this procedure done. He comes out and he's so happy. He has a better outlook on things. He almost he almost has different talents in different ways. He's more likable. He's more, his posture is better. His hair is better. He's just, everything about him is just a better version of himself until he realizes he is a clone. They have rapid cloned him. And now what they typically do is they kill the original and the clone never knows they're a clone. However, Paul Rudd's character somehow does not get killed. He escapes that. And then they live this, this life where he, they, they try to live together this life because Paul Rudd, the OG Paul Rudd, Miles Elliott recognizes there that there are some things that the clone is better at and it is better for his reputation for him to be out in the world doing these things like at his job and performing these things and doing functions with his wife, like at like work functions and things like that, that he doesn't want to go to. So he can stay home and play video games or he can stay home and work on his book or he can stay home and do all these things. So he tries to manipulate this system and the clone wants so badly to be the only Miles Elliott um, that some fun, quirky, uh, interesting twists happen uh, where there's just some dynamic shift that that, that happens and some power struggles um, that take place. I don't want to give anything away. It's only an eight-episode arc. Yeah, it's really funny. I, I remember this show, actually. Like, it was really good. I, I liked this one. It's it, there are Sorry. There are funny moments, but there are... As, as many funny moments as there are, there are also these really, like, in-depth, like, intricate and, and introspective moments as well. I've seen this. I know that I've seen this. Without a doubt, I have seen this. Yeah, it came and out a few I years ago, like I don't said. remember anything that happens. But I know <laughs> that I've seen this show. And I, like... And there's, I can like picture certain scenes in the show. Like I can picture like three or four right off, but I also feel like it was wiped from my memory and like, I don't remember it. And I'm going to have to go watch the whole thing. I think again. I know why. Yeah. I think I know why. So here's my, here's my hypothesis. The, the show is, is, is great on its own merit. Really interesting, really like uh unique play on things. It definitely has some vibes of black mirror, but I think the reason that you're not remembering much from this show is because severance came out and I think severance did it better. Well, I think it's one of those things where, like, this was a good version of this idea, but this idea has been done many times since this site, this, since this version of it. You know, like uh, when I right. saw this, it reminded me of the movie, the one I love with um, Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. I had to look this up real quick, where it's like kind of a horror movie version of this, where they like the premise is like the two of them go away for this like romantic vacation. They're in a cabin and they wake up the next day and there's clones of each other, but it's like what they want from each other is like in the clone version. And it's like, some of it's not always what you think it's going to be. And so it's a really cool, like another version of this idea. The vibe to me though, of that one's like uh, when you're talking about living with yourself, uh, that one's like way funnier and reminds me more of like uh, eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Like, but it's a dark comedy. 
So yes, like, yes. Like eternal Dark sunshine. Comedy. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, you know, wheezing, you know, bent over laughing funny. It's like, Yes there, yes, there are humorous moments, but there are also these dark moments that, that force you to kind of think about what's going on. We can all agree Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is not funny, right? It's, it's funny. A dark, it's considered a dark comedy, though. Man, if, I, if you said describe it in like five words, funny is not one of the words it's, I would use. To oh, describe. I think it's really funny. Though. Sorry to bother. Not sorry to bother. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Your no, I can't believe I said that. Burn after reading. Would be in a similar boat as Eternal Sunshine. It's a it's a dark comedy. Eternal there are these Sunshine, moments. Most Coen Brothers movies are. I mean, it's just dark breakup. Comedies. It's like, yeah. it's also coming. It's terrible. In, is, it's like sad. It's yes, it's, uh, I agree it's with sad, you. Sad, but it's like a funny take on breakups because it's like, what if you literally just forgot everything? Like that's kind oh, of a like silly, absurd idea. Yeah, it's but like, this is so you're not, devastated. He's like wiping. Well, whatever. You should watch the movie. Watch the movie. I, I think you're not gonna but be, this is but this is what makes Eternal Sunshine a great movie. Is that like it has all of these layers within the story? To be honest. Like, I do think the idea is devastating and they're just trying to like laugh their way through it. So you don't cry. I think like now I, I've never seen Eternal Sunshine, but I, I've heard that this movie, it, I'm just kidding. I've seen it. This is <laughs> Patrick like, really? is going to be unable <laughs> to be wholly unbiased. This is, this is one of his favorite movies of, of <laughs> sure, all time. Sure, if sure. not the I favorite I do think movie. that there's like a similar vibe between this show and that movie. That's all there, there really is to yeah, it. Yeah, I would, I would agree. There, there are similar vibes to it. But anyway, back to what you were saying, Patrick, I do think the reason that you don't remember this is because Severance came out since then and Severance did this idea better. So Fair. this show is good in, 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 in the void of not having Severance season two ready for us yet. Great watch. If you haven't seen this yet, there's no reason to not watch it. If you're into this kind of weird dystopian, like, like, uh, present, I don't want to say future, but present where, where you can so technology is such where you can rapidly clone a person. Like I said, it feels like a, like an extended, um, black mirror episode. Um, but if you're into this kind of deal, um, it's there's some really unique takes on this, and there's some really fun and quirky yeah. things. And again, it's gonna it's yeah. gonna force you to feel things. It's gonna force you to, to think things. Um, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, living with I'll yourself. Also, can I throw in? I think the reason maybe you forgot too is that like Netflix like doesn't advertise very well for their things, especially once they're kind of out of the the frying pan. Like they're not as hot, they stop talking about it, and so it just kind of goes away. Plus, you binge it in probably one or two sittings if it's on Netflix because it all drops at the same time. And to me, those things aren't as memorable because you only spent a short amount of time with it versus like a couple months if you're watching it once a week. Yeah, that's the, all that stuff could play into it for sure. So, okay, the, that was me living with yourself. Um, check it out if you want to. And if you don't, that's fine too. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to die on that hill. Uh, speaking of dying on that hill, Patrick, what, uh, what are you talking <laughs> about tonight? Just because you will all appreciate, you are the crowd for this. And I did not know Draplin had these. Uh, this is with Northern, uh, I'm sorry, North Drinkware, and this is Thick Lines. Uh, they have pint glasses and Ooh. like highball glasses, or maybe not highball, but just like um, the smaller, whatever, like whiskey glasses are. So what this company does, they take, typically they would do like mountain ranges. They would take like a, a, a mountain range and they would form that into the bottom of the glass. So like oh, when you what? drink, like, so like the bottom of the glass would have like, yeah. you, you can get the, Mount the uh, ridge, Katahdin yeah. and stuff like that. Well, for this one, the bottom of the glass has DDC thick lines, mountains. Ooh. Oh, wow. Them. Wow. And it looks super, super rad. So this is all, 
Uh, yeah, I like how they did the one with the orange soda. So it looks like it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> but like, look how like it, this looks just so much better getting to see it with actual liquid inside of it. <laughs> but this is the thick lines glasses. So their other stuff is uh, just to give you an idea, which I think that is really cool. Yeah. It does tumblers and pint glasses with these actual ranges. And you can get coasters that have the relief on it as well. Ooh, it's got if like you the, want. It's like very the cool. Topographical coasters. That's red. Exactly. Yeah. How, how much are these? Because these don't look like they what would is be the name of inexpensive. This company? So this is North Drinkware. So the Thanks. basically the tumblers and the pint glasses are the same, $56. Uh, now they sell sets. A piece or for a set? No, it's a piece. Now they sell okay, okay. sets where you can get like four in a case. Mm-hmm. And in this case, like this one is uh, 400, I'm sorry, $200, but that's for, for four tum- and for the box. So you say you save a few bucks, right? So you would save, I guess, $24 and you get the box thrown in uh, if you actually do the set. And now, coasters the set, probably. Yeah, I don't know if the set comes with the coasters. That still might be like a separate thing, but. The one with uh, Draplin looked like it did. The okay. set with Draplin looked like it, it was. What's nice is that means if you have the coaster and the mountain range, it means like the topography of the coaster kind of ble- bleeds yeah. into the mountain range in the glass, which is like That's a pretty so cool. Freaking cool. That yeah, is, I, yeah, very great idea. Yeah, you're right. So it lo- it looks like maybe this comes with it. Yeah, it does. So the DDC one does come with the the coasters as well. The DDC one's a little bit more. It's so it's 270 for the thick lines box, but that's for two pints, two of the probably like special edition. You know, yeah. so it comes with two pints, two tumblers, four mm. coasters, and the wooden uh, gift box is what that one comes with. And yeah, it is like a, it's an artist series, so maybe it's a little bit more. The thing about Draplin has always been that he creates things for the everyman, right? And everything is so utilitarian. Everything is so function first, uh, form second that. Yeah, like even his even his watch, you know, his really nice watch that he designed, really great Timex watch that he did, and the designer wise, like it looks really really great. I think it was only like sixty bucks, right? Now now aftermarket they sell for way more. But you're welcome. When, when they release them, like <laughs> everything is kind of designed to be. Do you say you're welcome? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, mine is in a box over there that Patrick sold uh, to me, and so um, but those this seems like it it kind of breaks that mold a little bit because four glasses for $270 does not seem like it's for every man. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. And it's not to say that this isn't a, it's not to say it isn't worth it. And it's not no. to say that it isn't a premium item, but I, I do agree that it does. It does break that idea, but this isn't the only time he's done that. I mean, in fairness, sure. There's been there a couple are other of- things he's, you know, he has $130, a set of Smith goggles that he did a collab on and he has, uh, you know, $110 long boards. And so there are other things that are not the, the, the cheapest version of the thing that he also does collab. I think this one. Yeah. I think it's like a, maybe a little different when it's a collab because it's like, clearly this is what these guys do. That's true. You know? And like, yeah, they're just working together. And so it feels a little different, but like, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying. Cause like most of his stuff is, a lot more accessible, but it's okay to have like one or two super premium products, you know, like, especially with all the things that he does, like, yeah, he, he explicitly does no, he does open-ended screen prints on all of his stuff because he wants to continue to produce them and sell them for 15 or $20 a piece. 
And this, but those are ones that he produces himself as DDC and he sells at his, at his table. Whereas these aren't going to be sold at his table. Exactly. This is, it, yeah. They pay, he partnered up with this company. By the way, fun fact, I've climbed this mountain. Ooh. Mount. Are you going to get this one? Katadin. Katadin. That's how you used to always say it, but I think it's Katadin. Uh, no, I have, this is, uh, this is one mountain I have climbed and, uh, it, it kicked my butt. I did it, but wow, it was, uh. That was more than I thought it'd be. So th- most of it's sold out. They don't have the coasters. They don't have the box set. They don't have the tumbler. They only have the pints, but uh, it is, it is slightly tempting. So anyway, uh, cool. I, I was, I did not know that existed. I was surprised to see it, but I think that's a very, very uh, interesting product. Although it's 100% just money, right? Like yeah. it's not, um, it is a luxury it's item. Need. It's not going to enhance your life. <laughs> it's not going to it's not going to change anything for you. But man, if you're just itching to spend some money, that's a that's a, that's a way to spend it. Yeah. All righty, so it's my turn. Um last last time I was here an age ago, <laughs> um <laughs> I got books uh from the past and so I thought I'd kind of stick on a theme with The Boy and the Heron because that is based off a book, but it is not the only Ghibli movie based off a book. Um there's Howl's Moving Castle and many others, but uh I am going to zoom in on that one, Howl's Moving Castle because uh Diana Wynne Jones has been one of my favorite authors since I was a kid. Um her most famous book is definitely Howl's Moving Castle because of the Ghibli movie, um which is a great movie but not a very good adaptation of that book. I I heard this um, really interesting interview with Miyazaki about Boy and the Heron where he said like, when he takes inspiration from books, it's not actually very much about the story or the book that it's based on. It's the feelings that he gets from it. And that makes mm. so much sense to me where he's like, will draw images and like how he felt when he read the book and uses that vibe to kind of tell the story. And the, and the outline of the story is still the same. There's a wizard who lives in a moving castle. There's a, a, a young woman who gets cursed to be an old lady and she has to go, um, you know, try and infiltrate the castle to uh, break the curse and all this stuff. It's like a very similar outline, but kind of all the details details are filled in in a very different um, colors, I would say. Um, There's a lot more about her family. There's a lot more um, politics and um, like uh, there's like a war going on in the background of the movie and like the politics of that war and like how how Howell is involved is very important and like it's very interesting and I really like it. I actually just found out researching this that there's a sequel to that book, so I'm going to have to read it immediately. I'm very excited for that. Um, can I tell you something real quick and yeah. just to, to follow the thread of what Patrick was saying earlier? I typed in to look this up. I typed in Hal's moving castle. Cause that's what I thought you were saying this whole time. <laughs> and then I realized it says, did you mean Howl's moving castle? <laughs> right. I don't even understand what the difference is that you just said. Or like, what did you think I was saying? Hal would be my dad's H-A-L name. H A L apostrophe S. Oh. Howl's moving castle. <laughs> howl like howl like a wolf does. Yep. yep. Yes. I'm, tra- I'm tracking now that I see it. But when I was just hearing it, I'm it was very for surprised sure howl. that you guys haven't seen this movie because I feel like it's like fairly I'm well not known. Into, I'm not really into anime, and Patrick doesn't like animated things. So but I feel like Ghibli yeah. movies like don't even count as anime, though. Almost like I know that it, it is, but like I feel like most people don't really like lump like count. Like I mean, it's I like think on it its own is tier. Literally yeah. Japanese animation. No, I, I, I understand that, but I do feel like it has a, like a level of recognition and respect that goes far above like Dragon Ball Z. So it's just a different sure. type of thing. Whoa, uh, but yeah, why are we going after Dragon Ball Z? I love yeah. Dragon Ball Z too, but it isn't like highbrow entertainment. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> right, if you guys watch like one season of Dragon Ball Z, then we can actually talk about this. Oh, I used to watch <laughs> Dragon Ball Z every morning before school. Okay. then... <laughs> 
I just called it Dragon Balls. That's a different show. It is. Okay. Dragon Balls was an, or Dragon Ball was another yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, Dragon yeah. Balls. <laughs> it was so similar. Okay. All right. Anyway, in addition to Howl's Movie Castle, uh, Diana Jones, Gwyn Jones has written many, many books. She's won lots of, lots of literary awards. Like, um, I think, like, uh, like for me, because I read a lot of like Neil Gaiman books and Harry Potter, this was one that was like easily recommended to me, and I do feel like her vibe is very much um like the uh kind of like narnia ish harry potter is a good comp i think um i i think neil gaiman is kind of written for a slightly older audience but like still feels like it's in the same kind of like sense of humor and stuff so i totally understand that comparison um i haven't reread most of these books since i was a teenager except for house moving castle but uh i really used to like be obsessed with them and one series that i definitely want to call out is um the crestomancy books which is probably her next most famous thing and it's a really fun book series it's very kind of like this is the the harry potter one that like gets the comparison because it's like young boy magician finds out he has powers, gets trained to be a cool wizard and stuff. Um, but I think the fun part about it is like what a crestomancy is and the way that magic works in this world is that like you are, um, ranked uh, like wizards are ranked based on like their power levels and so like a crestomancy is like the coolest wizard like the most powerful wizard that you can be and like the what makes you distinct in like having that power is that like you have nine lives that you can live like it's like you literally can die but you won't kill you um eight times and it's really interesting and then it's also like there's a big like multiverse thing in this story where they can travel between worlds and if you are a crestomancy you're only born in one universe like you don't have multiples of yourself anywhere mm. you're like a singular person so it's kind of a really interesting um concept i think to like use and um there's so jonathan majors couldn't play this character <laughs> no <laughs> Not anymore. Um, so there are seven books in the series. They're very short. They're like very quick reads. Um, they mainly follow a crestomancy named Christopher Kant, um, who like the first few books take place when he's a boy. And then it goes through like his training to become crestomancy, his adventures, like while he's crestomancy. And then when he's training the next person who will like take his place. So that goes over like his whole life. Um, uh, those are all really fun books. I think they're really cool for kids. Like uh, especially like if you, like I said, like Harry Potter or Narnia, those type of things like this kind of fits in that same sort of like uh, genre and like reading level, I think. And um, like these are really fun books. I totally recommend pretty much anything she's written. I haven't read every single book that she read uh, has written, but they're they're excellent. I would probably looking at this, how this is spelled, since we're on this track of how to read and say things. I would probably have read this as Christomancy looking at it. This is one of those things where like, uh, this is just a book I read. So I don't know if that like Crestomancy is how you, it's like actually pronounced. I've never heard the author pronounce it, but it's like when I watched Harry Potter, I was like, oh, that's how you say Hermione. Like, it feels like one of those. Hermione. Exactly. Putting Nancy (laughs) as this, as the suffix is pretty common to pronounce it that, that way. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying had you not pronounced it, if I was just reading this, I would have read this as Christomancy. Because it's not necromancy. That's true. That, but that doesn't end with an I. That ends with a Y. Oh, I'm and I think not that reading cha- it. Oh, so this is C-H-R-E-S-T-O-M-A-N-C-I. Trest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Christomancy. Christomancy is how I would. Anyway. Christoph Waltz. This is yes. that thing we were talking about early, earlier, Andrew. It's Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... 
Uh, But anyway, yes. Uh, So I just want to recommend Diana Wynne-Jones. Like her books are really fun, kind of cool fantasy books. Uh, I think they are more like young adult type books, but they're still a fun read for adults as well. They are not like uh, too silly or anything. Can I tell you that I looked up a photograph of uh, Diana Wynne-Jones? It doesn't seem like she's maybe alive anymore. Is that true? No, she died a few years ago. (laughs) Yeah, she kind of looks like a witch in this photo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She kind of looks like the lady from from Howl's Moving Castle, like the witch from that. She kind of looks like her (laughs) in this photograph. (laughs) So maybe he was inspired a little bit. Maybe he was inspired a little bit more. I don't think you look like a witch, Diana. There was a really cute uh, like anecdote that, that I read. Afraid, worried about her being a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> There's this cute anecdote that I read on Wikipedia when I was uh, re- researching this a little bit that like um, Neil Gaiman has cited her as like one of his biggest inspirations and like one of his books, I cannot remember which one it was now, said like dedicated to the four witches and she is one of them and I thought that was really cute. So maybe she actually is a witch because she mm-hmm. for sure looks like a witch. I feel like she writes a lot about like witches and like wizards and stuff like that so maybe it's just like that thing where like you know like you like that's what she likes you know like that's you are what you eat. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, great book series. Diana Wynn Jones. Thank you that's for uh, some more things to partake in. Okay. I think if that's going to be it, then we need to roll our dice to figure out what we're talking about. Not next yes. week. And maybe the following week. Cause next week it's Christmas y'all. Yeah, and we're not doing Christmas. Christmas. Um, so everyone can just chill out. Ten. Chill out. I got a one. Yay. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Ten and four. And- Patrick got a 10-4, good buddy. 10-4. Oh, you beat me. <laughs> and I got a three. Um, 10 is going to be books, and three is going to be travel. Travel. Oh, 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 oh. You might have a good know one. Know me, Betterman. Know me, Betterman. It's funny uh, I rolled my, like, goblin dice and got a one. So funny. <laughs> uh, guys, I think this just means if we if we're not doing next week, we might do the week after, which would be like New Year's Day or maybe the, the Tuesday yeah. after that. So like right at the beginning of the year. But that's it. We we might have one more episode before before the wedding, which means. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to see each other soon. Yes. Really and we're going to have beverages. Did you invite Lauren? <laughs> uh, I I didn't I didn't but I'm just uh, crashing and it's just yeah. assumed. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Did you invite me? I didn't. <laughs> um, I, I think did being invite, in the wedding counts as an auto invite. <laughs> I did invite my secret Santa, and I'm pretty sure, or my my secret my secret Santa recipient, and I'm pretty sure that the thing got delivered. Okay, I need to check Slack because I haven't been on Slack. Is this today. someone who to has see- to travel very far? To- they would have to travel from the north west. A little bit of a trek. Far, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't put it past this person. They're officially on the guest list now. Them and a plus one. So Ooh. I'm just saying, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. Uh, that's what we're talking about. So if you want to find all the show notes and links, the stuff we just chatted about on this episode, head on over to mof1.network. While you're there, you can see the little Slack icon. Tap, tap. That's the... Uh, 
the, the hashtag symbol. That's their logo. Click on that and join the conversation. We're in there every single day doing stuff. Um, and, uh, man, there's a lot of fun stuff to chat about in there. And what else? While you're on the website, you can see an archive full of hundreds of episodes. Give those a listen. Give them a share. If you find one that's, like, fun, share it. Tell people about it. Like, why not? What, what are you, why are you hiding this under a bushel basket? And then go tell the world that you love us by reviewing the show. Um, anywhere where you're listening to podcasts, but specifically if you're listening on Apple, because yeah. that's super that's super helpful for us. Let us know you left this comment or left a review, and we will go and read it on air. We love to do that kind of stuff. Am I missing anything? Oh, uh, watch us on Twitch. It's way more fun to watch and be a part of this every week when yeah. we do this on Twitch Live. Um, you can watch us on Twitch. You can also watch us on on. Um, Facebook and some other places, but for sure on twitch.tv uh, slash move one podcast. And you can follow us on there so you never miss an episode, but you can also subscribe using your prime subscription. It doesn't have to cost you anything each month. You can just kind of throw that over to us. And uh, who knows, we may be doing a uh, trivia episode sometime soon. So the only way to see that stuff is on our Twitch page. So what are you waiting for? Go do that. Otherwise, I think that's going to be it for this episode. We're going to hop out of here. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. Okay, I'm Patrick. I wouldn't haunt you if that's what you're worried about. I am, 100%. It would be terrifying, no matter how (laughs) fun you say it is. I mean, peace out. Fun is all, like, in your perspective, you know? Adios. (laughs) Okay, my perspective is it would suck. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 